On Saturday, there was an anniversary of a really horrendous crime in um, the area of Varish. It's called Stupni Do, where 40 plus civilians were killed, Bosniaks. Uh, young ones and older ones, from two years to 83 years old, civilians by the um, uh, Croat forces, military forces, I don't know, renegade or regular uh, members of the Croat army, I don't really know, but it was uh, a 28th anniversary mm. of that event, and it was very somber, it was uh, uh, well-attended, but hard to be there, and then we had a. Uh, we visited the house, uh, the home, the family uh, of survivors, and uh, there were victims of rape in that family as well, and uh, mm. over thirty-five members of. That family with the same last name perished in that event on that day. Our extended family and others uh, who were uh, the same name but uh, not related, but the same last name over more than 35 times repeated as they read the names of the victims. And then we, we talked to that family before. Uh, the commemoration as well as the as as, uh, as after as we did after uh, the next uh, day we went to Birchko, a district Birchko, um, and uh, we were taping a spot a video spot. I also used that opportunity to visit with uh, family members of the. Um, Roma population in the in the city of Brčko, where the the, the night uh, before and two nights before I don't remember I thought it was night before uh, seven family members perished the night before um, the house was caught on fire uh, the house had no running water or uh, <clears throat> electricity. I think the wife and the five children and another child uh, died afterwards. Uh, um, died because of the inhalation of carbon monoxide. Uh, apparently, the neighbors were supplying them with uh, firewood, uh, and they were using the stove <clears throat> to uh, to keep themselves warm at night. And in this one room of the house, there was a stove, and uh, they put um, fire logs to 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 keep the fire going. <clears throat> and apparently, one of those logs fell out during the night, and it was fell on this rug, and fire started, and they woke up. I couldn't to their senses what was happening it was dark pitch dark and 
Um, tremendous tragedy. I, I stopped by the place and um, uh, taped what the house looked like inside and put it on, on the Facebook. It really looked uh, terrible. I, I spoke with a brother of the person, uh, the, uh, his sister died that night and he had her five children. Um, and her sister, they came from Germany just for that. And a lot of neighbors, almost all of them Roma from that neighborhood, who uh, were there just in disbelief in terms of what happened. Um, uh, yesterday was a funeral for uh, the seven victims of that event. It was, was really hard. Uh, the whole day was um, and the whole day was weighed heavily on, on, on everybody. The society realizes that not everybody is equal in the eyes of the government. Uh, not everybody has the same conditions of living. The government is really not taking care of its people. And with all the daily uh, bickering among the politicians about various aspects of of the state and the country and the future, you have a case here where regular citizens simply perish because the government is not doing their own, their uh, not carrying out their responsibility effectively and, and justly toward all of its citizens. Uh, then Tuesday, one of our um, most uh, active members who lives in Italy, uh, her father passed away, so we went to the city of uh, town of Cladden, uh, a village outside of Cladden. We went for the funeral. and. Uh, Yet another reminder of how unpredictable life is and how short it can be. Uh, this is a gentleman who was doing just fine, no indication of any illness, so simply the heart gave out in a second, in a moment, sat down to watch TV and next second he was gone came back at night at 7 p.m. to have a, uh, a town hall meeting with the delegates of the Congress to talk about uh, suggested changes to the bylaws of Platform for Progress. And then an hour later I had a, a meeting with uh, prospective members of the Institute that I talked about for the uh, Digital Society Institute is a working title. We talked about the need for something like that and and possibilities of, of that um, happening in the United States. An institute that will be world class, focused on the region, Western Balkans, but 
the whole world, world being the, within the scope of the, of the Institute. It was very well done. People are really excited about something different, something positive, something new, something energetic, something classy, quality uh, focused. The next day, Wednesday, I went to the city of Mostar. I had a conversation with the head of our local organization about uh, necessary changes uh, that we as an organization have to put in place in that city as well as uh, throughout the organization. A very positive uh, event. Despite all the challenges, those who are true at heart to believe in, in the cause and in, in ideas that uh, we present, uh, they are steadfast in their support for the organization and the activities of the organization, and they are making their contribution. Then I had a conversation with uh, uh, some prospective members uh, of the organization, people who can be on our uh, perhaps uh, candidate lists for the elections in 2022. Um, upon return, re uh, upon uh, return to Sarajevo, I uh, gave a lecture in my uh, applied machine learning class for UNC Charlotte, and after that. Uh, 9 p.m. I attended the uh, political advisory committee uh, where we talked about an interesting case and this case is uh, about uh, erecting a monument to the victims of uh, the crimes in the in the last war. In this particular case we are talking about a crime that some members, uh, renegade members of the Bosnian army, um, did against uh, uh, Serbian popu Serb Serbian pop Serb population. Um, the exact numbers are question in question twelve between twelve and seventeen members perished, and. Um, City of Sarajevo decided to uh, put a plaque in that place uh, or some kind of uh, um, monument that will um, recognize the fact that uh, that event happened. And the interesting case is that just like everything else in Bosnia and Herzegovina, every word that is going to be written on that monument, on that plaque, is under review. Whether it should be Bosnian army, army of Bosnia Herzegovina, should it be renegade members of it? Should it be just uh, the names of the victims without defining who the perpetrators are? And this was placed in the context of a plate that is uh, on the building of the Sarajevo City Council building. Uh, which used to be a public library, city library, that was really shelled by the Serbian forces um, uh, on the hill surrounding Sarajevo. That just shelled uh, that Austro-Hungarian beautiful building, which was caught on fire, and many volumes were uh, destroyed, and people were uh, taking those books uh, uh, away from it, so to, to protect it. 
And on that building, there's a plaque that says uh, Serbian criminals did this. And uh, Serbs in Bosnia-Herzegovina are objecting to that. They're saying, you cannot say Serbs. Uh, that way, you are basically labeling the whole the people, all of the people who are Serbs. It's not true. Some members did it. Why don't we say who are the members but not attributed, not attribute that to every member of the uh, Bosnian Serbs in that particular case. Uh, which is true. Uh, no crime ever is committed by the people, all the people, by some members of that of, of a particular group. And so this particular plague is put in the context, in the in contrast to the other one that's sitting there in the city. Um, council decided not to change the wording there, but they are now deciding what the what kind of wording to put on this other uh, monument directed to the victims to to recognize the fact that that crime actually happened and that those people perished. And in our political advisory committee uh, session last night, we talked about our uh, what do we think about it, what should be there, and should there be any guidelines regarding the perpetrators over regarding the uh, monuments should should be should there be guidelines is simply indicating who was the victim or should it also say who was the perpetrator or who the victims were but also who the perpetrators were and during the session i went to uh, i went online to check on the plague that is um, erected in a or or Put on some building in Auschwitz in the Second World War, and it does say over there that uh, over a million or some uh, people, uh, mostly Jews, men, women, uh, children, um, perished at the hands of the Nazis. So it defines both the perpetrators uh, and the victims. Uh, some other monuments don't say that. We're talking about uh, the world, throughout the world. And the monuments erected to the victims of something not celebrating uh, a leader or uh, a, a, an exceptional person who uh, the people of this region wanted to celebrate uh, in some session, in some way, by erecting a monument, for example, in the liking of the person. Or in the likes of the person. So it was really interesting conversation. Uh, one uh, person who is uh, who was there was a member of the advisory council, political advisory council, who is a Franciscan uh, priest uh, who is not a member of the platform. Cannot be a member of the platform being a, a priest, but he's. Uh, helping us think through those issues. He basically said something that I never thought about. He said, this is a unique case, or perhaps it's not always a unique case, but this is a case where uh, 
the perpetrators, right? We talk about Bosnia Herzegovina. Uh, their army committed, uh, or members of that army, uh, renegade or not, committed a crime. So it is, is the, almost like his words, perpetrators erecting a monument to commemorate the victims, um, which was really an interesting uh, take on it. I didn't even think about it in that uh, specific way. Um, Then uh, the next day brings us to us, which is uh, we have a presidency uh, meeting again every Thursday, uh, most of the time thinking about the Congress that is ahead of us, as well as the convention, finishing it up on a certain date, and uh, all the things we have to do in, in preparation for that. While at the same time we are rebuilding the organization, and at the same time thinking about uh, uh, the political climate in the country, positioning for the elections in 2022. The last three days I was a little bit more active than prior to that, prior to these um, several days, in terms of um, press releases, and uh, I wrote three today, fourth. Fourth ones that were well received and are becoming more critical in tone of the politicians who are um, responsible for getting us into this position. So, short week because we talked on Friday, but it is uh, quite clear that uh, we have to complete this internal reorganization and then focus on elections as well as focusing on the programs, solutions for the problems that we have. And we need to somehow get out of this business of constantly reacting to the agenda defined by these nationalist, uh, heavy nationalist leaders who are simply just coming up with one uh, outrageous act after another keeping the heat going on, polarizing the population and even further, cementing their voter blocks, uh, making sure that no new voice can come in, while at the same time they are profiting from uh, coordinating their attacks on each other so that they can control the base, the voter base. Um, at the same time, the United States have engage a little bit more forcefully in the region. Unfortunately, what we are seeing is that um, there seems to be uh, a pragmatic approach that uh, the United States State Department uh, decided to take in this region by simply working with uh, people in power now to get them to push limited uh, changes to the electoral law that are in, in, um, in alignment with what uh, Croat nationalist leader Mr. Čović wants to secure that his party will always be the one electing the Croat member of the presidency, which is really not, not a good idea. That should not be the right of a certain party, but of the people. So there is a lot of uh, 
concerned about that approach of the United States, and there was a great hope when the Biden administration took power that there will be a more proactive, uh, more comprehensive, uh, more uh, uh, resolute approach to the situation in Bosnia and Herzegovina, but that seems to be uh, vanishing a little bit by, by day by day. And at the same time, we have a new representative, high representative, Mr. Schmidt, who is really not seen in the, in the public much. Uh, and therefore, it is as if everybody simply accepted the rhetoric of the nationalists, their agenda, and saying, let's just keep things as quiet as they can possibly be, give something to those who yell the most, just to move things along, which is not really constructive approach, given the fact that, for example, uh, since the last elections in, 19, in 2018, when we elected a new government of the entities and the government, two entities and the government, this entity, Federatia, Federation of Bosnia and Herzegovina, has never uh, succeeded in creating the government. So the previous government is just in the technical mandate, as they call it. But we don't have even the mechanism of uh, early elections, and so three years later, <laughs> nothing. You elect people who are not taking uh, over their responsibility, they're just collecting salary, doing nothing. It's, uh, it's amazing. Anyway, um, tough situation, COVID is getting worse, which makes things worse in every aspect of it. I have a couple of trips uh, scheduled, working on the ground game, talking to people. That's all seem to all. It seems so. That's all we can do at this point. Try to just educate as many people as we can. Uh, Media bouquet is constantly uh, present. Uh, luckily, the other it was two days ago when one of the press releases was uh, published in five or six media outlets, uh, mostly uh, portals, internet portals, but not in the mainstream media, which basically is just a sign that it's, this bouquet continues and this is something we need to address. Yeah, I was just curious, you were talking about, you're always, you, it seems like you're always getting um, <clears throat> pushed into a mode where you've got to react to something the government's done or what's going on in the country or whatever. And it would seem that it takes away some from just being able to focus on your message and take it out to the people because you're constantly being pushed to the other side to having to react all the time. Yes, and here's our, here's our biggest problem. We are, uh, from the very beginning, we never wanted to be reactive. We wanted to have our agenda, our goal, our plan, and we started down the path, going about, talking about solutions, specific solutions for specific areas, but at least 
forming uh, expert teams, um, councils, advisory councils, people who could advise us on certain areas. But then every time we start talking about, uh, let's say, the need of education and uh, the importance of education and the reform of education, and you put us uh, a release, uh, a, a statement or press release on that issue, you don't get many likes on Facebook, nor it gets mentioned in the public media, in the mainstream media. But if you react to something that is nationalists did or some if they've done something if you if you don't react this people are saying why are you quiet you have nothing to say what how can we vote for you uh, and you will not be in the meeting so basically people are taking us there where we don't want to go we need to educate them what's happening is they're educating us they are saying give me what we want to hear give me what we want to hear and when you do that when you raise your tone, people say, great, this is it. You get invited to national TV, you get likes, shares, and everything is fine. This is how you should do it. None of that brings us any closer to any resolution. It's time to find the people who, are, who have the answers and give them a chance, elect them, give them a chance to run the country. None of that will happen without electronic voting records. So basically, we have several topics that we need to get back to. But then you're not in the media. People are saying, you don't exist anymore. What's happening with you? Why not in the media? You cannot get in the media with good, positive solutions. You get in the media with, with a tough language. Uh, the more personal, the better, according to them. And it's really tough. Uh, we are different, but we are ahead of our time. This population is not sophisticated. They are smart people, they're good, wonderful people, but not sophisticated enough in terms of democracy and running the country to understand what is happening. So we have to constantly balance, do a little bit of reactive behavior to be in the media while trying at the same time to promote a long-term view, strategic, solution-based uh, announcements and uh, thinking. Uh, it's a tough situation, I have to tell you. It's not easy to solve these issues, to solve this problem. What can I do? Um, we're trying, working with sometimes when we get a chance to work with specialists and experts. Um, this is where we end up always. They're saying, yeah, yeah, I know what you want, you're different, and so on. Forget that. You, you need to give them this. Say this now, and I just like